0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM.
1: Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. The clock is ticking on the debt ceiling as the Biden administration and U.S. House leaders seek a deal on federal spending cuts. Congressman Bill Heisenberg tells us the situation is evolving, but the going is tougher as the end nears. Why can't the House just vote on a clean debt ceiling increase with those who would support it voting yes?
0: So far, that has not been the case. Those folks that have been saying that they would do it or have been speculation about them doing it have said publicly that they would not do that. So we have held together. And then even if it was passed in the House of Representatives, Chuck Schumer knows that he could not get a quote unquote clean debt ceiling just simply raising the debt ceiling through the Senate.
1: Heisinger says June 1st is not a hard deadline for raising the debt ceiling.
0: There's a number of things that the secretary of treasury can do and we've got the money to be able to pay the debt obligations and the interest on those debt obligations in the short run
1: however heisinger says we don't know when the actual default date would be and so an agreement is needed economists have warned the consequences of a debt default will be catastrophic heisinger says even if a debt ceiling deal is reached it would take a day to draft it all out then the house would need a few days to review it then there's the time the senate will need despite all this he still believes a deal will be reached State Representatives Pauline Wenzel and Joey Andrews have signed a letter to Governor Gretchen Whitmer offering their support for her efforts to restart the Palisades nuclear power plant in Van Buren County. The two are part of the new bicameral nuclear caucus, which Andrews tells us includes 13 state representatives and two senators. Andrews says new advancements have made nuclear energy safer and with the world facing an existential threat in the form of climate change... Nuclear power is looking better and better.
0: Nuclear is such an easy win for getting a lot of electricity on the grid without generating carbon. And so I think that that's changed the way a lot of us on the Democratic side have thought about nuclear, especially in recent years. And then, of course, it helps that the Biden
1: administration has made some pretty significant investments through the IRA upgrading and reactivating nuclear sources. Wenzel tells us the area was hurt when Palisades closed.
0: Because people moved. I know people personally that have moved throughout the country because these jobs, these nuclear power jobs, a lot of times are very specific and they can't just go next door. They've got to go to where another nuclear power plant is and those aren't, there's only two now in the state of Michigan.
1: Andrew says there are positive signs Palisades could be recommissioned. He notes Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm and the Biden administration are supportive of restarting the plants while the NRC has been on site and has made positive remarks. Palisades owner Holtec has applied for the U.S. Department of Energy for loans to restart the facility. Wenzel says it would also need state support, something the caucus is calling for. Efren Paredes has once again lost a bid to be released from prison. He was resentenced today by Berrien County Judge Charles Lasada after the Michigan Appeals Court ordered he be resentenced back in March. The Berrien County Prosecutor's Office tells us the new sentence is life in prison without the possibility of parole. Parides was a 15-year-old Lakeshore High School student on March 8, 1989, when he took part in an armed robbery at Rogers Vineland Supermarket in St. Joe. Store manager Rick Teslaff was shot and killed in the robbery, and Parides was convicted of murder in his death. Parides was sentenced to life in prison without parole, although he says he was innocent. He's appealed his sentence several times. In a statement sent to us before his resentencing today, Parides said, quote, The U.S. Supreme Court made it abundantly clear 11 years ago that people convicted of capital offenses when they were minors can only receive a life without parole sentence if they it can be established they are irreparably corrupt or permanently incorrigible. He continues, quote, My body of work and accomplishments spanning 34 years of my incarceration provides substantial and compelling documented evidence. I don't meet that criteria, and I should instead receive a term of year sentence. A term of year sentence was what he was seeking. The Berrien County Health Department has established the Opioid Settlement Task Force to help decide how to spend $4.4 million the county is to receive in the next 18 years as a part of a multi state settlement with several drug companies. Department Prevention Supervisor Lisa Peoples Hurst tells us the county could potentially receive nearly twice that amount as a result of ongoing negotiations. The funds will be used to fight opioid overdoses and addiction. The task force is bringing together 17 stakeholders. This
0: group is primarily made up of individuals representing hospitals, physicians, local government, community mental health, peer recovery, social service agencies, law enforcement, community organizations, and people in recovery.
1: The health department put out a survey to those stakeholders to learn what their top priorities are.
0: We asked them to select the top three key outcomes for the use of this money. And prevention, recovery, and treatment definitely received the most
1: votes. Hurst says the opioid crisis has not gone away despite doctors no longer prescribing such medications to people. The problem now is largely with fentanyl often used to lace other drugs. The task force is planning meetings in the coming weeks to create a proposal for the Berrien County Board of Commissioners. It'll be presented in October. The owners of the Orchards Mall have met a deadline to turn in a mall reinvestment plan for local officials to review. More from WSJM's Ken Lundberg.
0: The once thriving, now all but closed Orchards Mall is in desperate need of a way forward. Berrien County Commissioner Shokwe Pitchford wants to help, but needed a plan from the mall's owners by May 26. He received that plan and Pitchford says on the surface, it has the right elements.
1: We are now
0: diligently reviewing this proposal to see how it fits with Township priorities, with my priorities overall for that space. Pitchford says after a review by key stakeholders, the plan's contents will be shared in the coming days to look at what might need to take place for reinvestment to happen, including rezoning, economic development assistance, and community support. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News.
1: The and County Road Department will be reopening the intersection of Pipestone Road and Napier Avenue for Memorial Day weekend. The Benton Township intersection has been closed to Pipestone Road traffic since May 8th due to an ongoing repair project. Napier Avenue will remain restricted to one lane in each direction for about a mile between Plaza Drive and Crystal Avenue. The county says the intersection closure will resume next Tuesday, May 30th, through the duration of the project. It includes road milling, resurfacing, joint and crack repair and is expected to be finished by the end of September. And if you're getting uh, the grill ready for this holiday weekend, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan Registered Dietitian Shanti Apello says make sure you're preparing the meat safely. When
0: you're thawing meat, it's so important to do that in the fridge and not at room temperature. What happens at room temperature is those temperatures really uh, invite rapidly growing bacteria that can then make us sick.
1: Apello says there are 48 million cases of foodborne illness in the U.S. each year. To be healthy, she recommends grilling lean chicken and salmon. There are some good recipes to be found at ahealthiermichigan.org. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. (music) WSJM News now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dowazak, where furniture shopping is fun. There are reports of progress in the showdown over the debt ceiling, even as many lawmakers are heading home for the holiday weekend. Work requirements are said to be a major hang-up in the negotiations. Here's ABC's Jay O'Brien.
0: One of the biggest sticking points we're seeing emerge right now is work requirements for federal aid programs. The president has said he's open to certain work requirements for certain federal aid programs. House Republicans have said that is a red line for them. They want work requirements. But we've also heard from Democrats on Capitol Hill, particularly progressive Democrats, who say they are keeping a close. eye on this idea of work requirements to make sure, as they put it, that the president doesn't give away too much.
1: Meanwhile, as negotiators race to reach a debt ceiling deal, a new report has revealed what a default could mean for the country if no agreements reached soon. Here's ABC's Justin Finch.
0: Without a debt ceiling deal, 538 estimates some 66 million Americans receiving some kind of social security payment could be at risk of not receiving it. 538 also forecasting nearly 2 million federal workers could go unpaid, saying for more than 1 million active duty military members and nearly 4 million veterans receiving disability assistance. The 538 analysis finds even a short-term default could leave more than a million Americans at risk of losing their jobs. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington.
1: Memorial Day is supposed to be about mourning the nation's fallen service members, but it's come to anchor the unofficial start of summer and a long weekend of retail discounts. Memorial Day has long been a source of contention and contradiction from its shifting origin stories to today's mattress sales. AAA forecasts that this holiday weekend could be one for the record books, especially at airports. More than 42 million Americans are projected to travel 50 miles or more. Compared to last year, 2.7 million more people will travel for the unofficial start of summer, and that's despite inflation. The number of COVID-19 cases and deaths in the U.S. continues to decline, says ABC's Brian Clark, as a key treatment has gotten government approval. COVID-19 accounted for 1.3% of all deaths last week in the U.S., a decrease of over 13% from the week before. It's another sign of the pandemic receding. A key treatment tool, Paxlovid, is now FDA-approved. The medication is given to adults with a high risk of developing severe COVID. It had been administered under a special emergency authorization. CDC says overall 56.4 million people have received the updated bivalent booster. Brian Clark, ABC News. Mayors and police officials around the U.S. are rolling out familiar strategies in response to the traditional summer bump in violent crime. The push for more police and community involvement comes despite a continuing decline in homicides and other violent crimes that spiked in 2020. Chicago and Baltimore are among the large U.S. cities reporting fewer homicides overall. But totals remain far higher than before the pandemic, and crime among young people is a concern. To combat the violence, city officials are promoting more engagement between officers and communities. In some cases, they're enlisting people outside of law enforcement to enforce curfews and keep the peace. As mentioned, today kicks off a busy holiday travel weekend. Here's ABC's Will Carr. Gas prices
0: are lower than they were at this point last year. And also, if you look uh, comparable to pre-pandemic numbers, there's half a million fewer Americans on the road at this point than there were before the pandemic. Add it all up, and the experts say that you could run into some travel nightmares if you don't plan ahead. So make sure that you're thinking about everything that you're going to be doing over the next three days. And they say the best thing that you can do at this point is pack your patients.
1: An Indiana board has decided to reprimand an Indianapolis doctor after finding she violated patient privacy laws by talking publicly about providing an abortion to a 10-year-old rape victim from uh, from Ohio The state medical licensing board voted that Dr. Caitlin Bernard did not abide by privacy laws when she told a newspaper reporter about the girl's treatment in a case that became a flashpoint in the national abortion debate days after the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last summer. Board members chose to fine Bernard $3,000 for the violations. They turned down a request from the attorney general's office to suspend her license. And buckle up, everyone. It's going to be a busy holiday weekend on TV and at the box office. Here's Jason Nathanson.
0: Expected to top the box office this Memorial Day weekend. It's Ariel and Friends. The live-action remake of The Little Mermaid swims into theaters, projected to hit $120 million. Also opening wide. It was literally the best summer of my life. Comedian Burt Kreischer and Mark Hamill star in the action comedy The Machine. Julia Louis-Dreyfus fronts the well-reviewed dramedy You Hurt My Feelings. And About My Father features Sebastian Maniscalco and Robert De Niro. It's a big night Sunday night with the final episodes of Succession and Barry on HBO. Jason and ABC News, Hollywood.
1: WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.